it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. That's where I spent my time on YouTube as a kid. Lonely Island? Yeah. That and uh, Equals 3. Do you watch Equals 3? No. I was a big uh, Happy Tree Friends fan as a child. That's no idea what that is. Yes, I can hear you. That's why you don't get your pain while we sing this song while I'm talking. <laughs> Welcome back to the Grounds Crew. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to start. Just me drinking coffee. Are we recording? Yes. Nice. Welcome back to the Grounds Crew, ladies and gentlemen. The best podcast in the world, in my unprofessional opinion. Bill, the offseason is Are you up. still unprofessional? I don't know. Maybe when I When we hit a year, is it like, or do we officially become like... Professionals? Professional podcasters? Uh, I'd support that, yeah. I think, it, like, if you do... What do we start, February? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you, if you do every week, pretty much, for a year, right? Mm-hmm. Like... We also had some where we did multiple in the week. We'll have done over 50 podcasts by the time we get to February. Yeah. So that's better than one a week. Mm-hmm. That's a year's worth of podcasts. That's better than Dietz's podcast did. Dun, dun, dun. Damn. Fantasy Pro um, Dietz. Anyways, so get, <laughs> get, getting into the swing of things. Uh, we have a, a lot happened. A lot happened. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip through the awards first because I feel like free Ooh. agency is just – it's a whole other conversation. Uh, rookies of the year, Jonathan India and Randy Rosarena. Um, I would say about halfway through the season, I, I picked those guys to to be the winners, especially India, because he was just – he went off. He's a professional hitter. And I feel like Rosarena has also been in the league for 20 years. Like, it just seems like he's, he's he's been on the raise for I don't even know how long, at least three seasons. Well, so that's – I, I think that that's one of the things that I was seeing on Twitter, and I kind of agree with it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um so, so let's again. You guys all know my favorite thing to do is to compare other sports because I hate just keeping it in baseball. Yep. Blake Griffin missed his rookie year because he had a, an injury that knocked him out for the, the entirety of the season. Mm-hmm. So he sits out his entire rookie year out of the NBA, and then comes back and wins the rookie of the year the next year. Do you count Blake Griffin as a rookie at that point? It's it's hard to and like looking at a, a Rosarena's thing like he played in parts of 2019 and 2020. What was he in 2020? He was a playoff hero. What was he in the World Series? Uh, what are like his playoff stats? Yeah. Uh good question. I'm on it. Dennis is on it. He only played tw- he played 20 games in ni- in 2019 and 23 in 2020. <clears throat> so again, that's my point. Is like this guy played in a bunch of games but across two different years mm-hmm. with two different teams and then played an entire full season this year and we're counting him as a rookie mm-hmm. i i kind of like listen i i like randy killed it he's a young player he's a really good up-and-coming young player uh my my big problem though is he was the alcs mvp and you gave the ALCS MVP the Rookie of the Year award the next year. That's not a rookie, man. 
Yeah. That's a bastard. Like, I get that he missed out on, the, like, the limit of how many he needed. But, like, I feel like he then exceeded the amount that he was allowed to have contribute to his rookie of the year. Like, mm-hmm. we should have stopped counting his stats at the All-Star break. Because, like, if he you took all his other years and you took all of his at-bats, you would equate that he got to a full season if you stopped at the All-Star break. And then his numbers wouldn't look. You'd be like, yeah, he's a good player. He's not a great player. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't know We how – I think that – baseball did wrong with it because I think it's just, again, it comes back to our point. The homie should have been in the league way before this. Mm-hmm. The fact that this guy was a, a, a ALCS MVP and then was able to win the rookie of the year award. But that year he won the AL, ALCS MVP. That also wasn't the first year he played in the MLB. Like, that's all of the stuff that's wrong with baseball all wrapped into one thing. Yeah. Like, that that dude shouldn't be able to have that many opportunities at that late in his life. Because mm-hmm. he's 26 and change. He'll be 27, I believe, before the season starts. Before they play regular season games. And if he's 27 next year, you're talking about a guy who's going to be in his age 27 season who's coming off of a rookie of the year, and it'll be his fourth year that he has at bats in the MLB. Mm-hmm. I, I that just such a hard take for me. Yeah, I think if any like, I would have probably rather give it to uh, Wander Franco for from going the same team. He had seventy games played, and I mean he was ridiculous. And he was a better player. Yep. In less games, but if they had brought him up from the start, his numbers would have been better anyway, and he would have gotten it. So again, mm-hmm. it 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 quantifies all of the worst parts because. Wander Franco, from what everybody seems to think, is like a trout level player, right? Mm-hmm. He's a he's a an elite elite. He's the best of the best, top twenty player in the league kind of guy, top ten maybe maybe top five. Who mm-hmm. knows where he'll peak? Mm-hmm. But if we believe that that's the case on this guy, what is something that a lot of the other young players have all gotten an opportunity to partake in? Being rookie of the year, mm-hmm. because if you have a guy who's that good, you bring him up right from the start, so he has a rookie of the year on his docket. Because this is going to end up being one of those things that we say, well, is he better than this guy? Well, this guy won Rookie of the Year, and he didn't. He lost to a guy on his own team mm-hmm. who was almost 30. Like In his third season in, in the major leagues. In his third season <laughs> in the league, we, Wander Franco like, is like 19, 20 years old. Like, we, we, we broke this. This is, again, mm-hmm. baseball is broken he across so much. He played 70 so games, much. so he's, he's not going to be eligible for Rookie of the Year next No, year. I think it's 150 at-bats, right? I don't think is it's that the game. It I think it's the bets. Yeah, 151, right? Like, I am not sure. So again, if you, if I feel I, it has to be, I'm I'm gonna lean towards yes. I'll tell you in two seconds. He had 308 play, uh, play exceeded games. rookie limits during the 2021 season. It's on his Baseball Reference page. Great. So he is no longer a rookie status, and he he is six years almost to the day younger than Randy. That's crazy. And had a 3-5 war, and Randy had a 4-1 in 529 at-bats. I don't – this is the this is the thing where, like, old-school heads will tell you that the counting stats matter. And it's like, oh, ERA is such a – that's got to be the thing. That's got to be the only thing. Forget all the other stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like it, – it, it's part of it, but you're, you're gassing this up by not taking into these advanced metrics and, like – the opportunity that was presented. If I told you right now you had to make a trade for your life, 
that this player is going to have the ne- the better next season, mm-hmm. would you draft Wander or Randy? Wander. So, like, yeah. what are we doing? We know who the better player was, and we messed it up. Mm-hmm. So let's let let's move on from that one because I have a whole bunch of now. Jonathan India, great for him. He had a great awesome. season. Unbelievable season. He he built up a lot of uh, of hype. Um, he's homies with with our guy Tristan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to see him win. He deserved it. He uh, all all good things. Um, so I, I I guess that's less. Is there somebody else that you feel like should have been more in the conversation? Or do you agree with me on him that he kind of – he had it? Um, not really, honestly. Like I was saying, like you could kind of see how great he really was like midway through the season. The The Reds came to play the Mets. Yep. And I was watching him. And, like he took Carrasco deep like first pitch and just had unbelievable unbelievable at-bats the entire series. Just looking at um, – And, again, he's an older guy. But this was his first rodeo at the MLB right. level. Right? Yep. So, like, he's a 24-year-old who finally came up. Yep. And, like, again, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know where I'm going with this. Why did a 24-year-old who had a, a 21 home run, 835 OPS second baseman season, why was he not in the show last year? Um, uh, how many years was he in the minors? That's good. That, he's that 24. Point. I know, but I don't know how old he was. Well, I'm just saying he's 24, and he will actually be 25 in December. So, like, uh, no matter when he got drafted, he was mm-hmm. drafted in 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. In the first uh, in the first round, after being a 26th round pick in the 2015 draft, he was a first-round pick in the 2018 draft. He And then he spent a number of years. Again, so, like, we got to go down the Jonathan India pipeline. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got I to gotta know more about my man because – the the Dennis, you have something? I was just gonna say he spent two seasons in the minors. <clears throat> okay. And how did he do in those two seasons? Now remember, he spent two seasons in the minors, but that includes the fact that last year he most likely didn't play. Uh, yes, that is true. Yes, because 2020 the twenty twenty season had nothing. Correct. So he played two years and then he got squandered last year. So like I get that that was one of the. If you want to tell me that that's the move, fine. Like maybe that's the thing that kept him down. Mm-hmm. But the only other person I was thinking about too as, as a rookie of their <clears throat> candidate was uh, Trevor Rogers, pitcher for the Marlins. Okay, he he was phenomenal. From I I saw his first start actually against Jacob Degrom at City Field like early last year, and I was super impressed. I think I think the Marlins won one nothing actually, um, and he shoved. And we saw him at the he was at the All Star game, and he I know he had some like family issues. Uh, in the middle of the season, I think some people were in his family were sick with COVID, so I think he missed some starts, which might have hurt him. Um, which is unfortunate that that's even like a thing that um, you can kind of lose the opportunity from something like that. But he, like just looking at the voting here, he had one first place vote and twenty six second place votes, ever, and then twenty nine were twenty nine first for India and one second. So like the majority of the writers were. They knew who was first, and they knew yeah, who was second. Yeah. They decided that Indio was the guy, and they decided mm-hmm. that he and was And he killed close. it, and, like, that's <clears throat> respect. I, I don't – I would have been fine with either one. So I'm, I'm pulling up my numbers because this is my favorite part of the show. Can you pull up uh, Brett Beatty's numbers for me real quick? <laughs> Ding. Um, did you <laughs> did you want Jonathan India's minor league stats? I already have there? Jonathan okay. India's minor league stats, yeah. so that's why I'm pulling up Beatty's because I want the comp. So la- last episode we talked a little bit about at-bats and OPS and the minors and how that can – potentially dictate performance right some guys like india 
we we pull up an interesting case study in 578 at bats in uh, the minors. He has a 240, uh, 254 batting average and a 779 OPS. This past season, he almost had as many at bats at the MLB level as he had in his entire minor league career, and he batted 269 with 21 home runs, 835 OPS. But when you really look at his numbers, he equates to he got a little bit more power, but he was relatively the same player. Now, the reason I bring this up is I said, how many at-bats does a guy need? You look, and if you have a guy who has a 900-plus OPS, he might not need much time. Mm-hmm. But then you have a guy like India and I think Beatty who all lost like a very, very premium year of development mm-hmm. by being lost to COVID year that we're a little bit behind on where should we push them and how fast should they go? Because India was doing all of that, but then missed a whole season of being able to accumulate stats as a better player. So his numbers don't get to rise. But it's interesting that he's only a 779 OPS and only had 578 at-bats. So Dietz is going to give me Beatty. So Beatty has 520 at-bats in two minor league seasons. So let's Um, hold on. So I can at least say that comparably, this looks like India. Correct. Cool. Hit me. 271 batting average. Uh, 842 OPS. He has 19 home runs and 89 RBIs. So this is why I am so bullish on the show about Brett Beatty. Mm-hmm. Is Beatty was even younger because he wasn't a college drafted player. He was drafted out of high school. Right. So the numbers he accumulated in the minors, he has always been much younger. He's right now a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. He actually just, just turned, turned 22. 22 last week. Yeah. Um. So he is. He's a fair bit younger than Jonathan India, almost three years younger, uh, and he's had better numbers in the minors. I don't think he needs many more bats. And my point is, is that India showed that hey, all these at bats and what I was able to do, we lost the Beatty year where he trained, but he came back and all of a sudden everybody sees him. He lost all the fat. He got in good shape. He's mm-hmm. tall. He's he can hit for power. He can run. He can field. He can do all the stuff. Now he's in a, a, a fall star. And again, I, I, I just He's been making some serious leaps in the, in the fall. And I, I really want to see more teams start pushing these young guys forward because they're good enough to play. And I don't want to see, like, I, I, and again, I, I know that this is a terrible thing for me to say, but like the Jonathan Villars of the world, I, I don't want to see. Like, if you were in the NFL and you were an okay player. You were a depth player on an NFL team, like mm. a Mike White, and you had, and you had eight seasons in the, in the league, mm-hmm. six to eight seasons in the league. You absolutely killed it. But are you telling me that we're not going to have a first round pick on our team because we're going to keep this other guy who's going to rotate in occasionally instead of our high upside guy who's going to learn with those limited minutes? It just doesn't make any sense in any other sport. But you know who does it? MLB it's broken so yep. I hope so I love seeing India and I look forward to Beatty being the uh, rookie of the year next year I, w- I would love to see him come up honestly the, the more I'm looking at it too I want to see Viantos too and Ooh. dang dang, dang. that's that fine that me I don't know if that that's counts that's fine no no, no I, I don't <laughs> for sure but I'm, I was looking seeing at the tweets for sure and then you watch some of the highlights mm-hmm. and you're like wow his power is he's legit, legit. he's legit he's legit uh, again I, I think the Mets minor league system is when they re-rank us when they when they re-rank the system this offseason, Mets Mets are going to finish in the top half, I if not that. the top ten. We, we have a, like 
six or seven top 100 guys. Yep. And we have, I think now, four or five top 50 guys. Yeah. So when you're saying that 10% of the top 50 is in one organization, I don't know how that organization is not in the top 15, top 10. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Not that, the percentages don't, don't work that way. Uh, we got Cy Young Awards yesterday. Robbie Ray and Corbin Burns. Um, less surprised about Cor- uh, not, uh, Corbin. Uh, Robbie Ray. Yep. I thought that was a lock. Uh, the NL was definitely a much more challenging thing, but I'm, I'm hyped for Corbin Burns. I think he deserved it. Um, his start to the season was unbelievable with all his strikeouts and things. Like He was dealing. Um, There's a lot of great pitching in the NL, uh, but I'm, I'm hyped about Corbin Burns. I think he, it, it was well-deserved. Um, I did think it was very interesting that uh, Jacob Degrom did receive uh, did receive a vote uh, for Cy Young, albeit first uh, uh, for fifth place. Um, he only had 15 starts, but everybody knows that. And I, and I saw a lot of tweets like Corbin Burns won the Cy Young because Jacob Degrom got hurt halfway through the season. Congratulations, Corbin Burns! Like he was just dis- destroying the league. He had like a one ERA. For for sh- for sure, I think it's I think it's tough. To like look at it like that, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's oh, a it's little, a very cynical way to look at it. And, and I think it's a little a little derogatory towards the guys who mm-hmm. really did a lot to achieve because part Absolutely. of it is being healthy. Uh, I think that the 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 this again goes for me a little bit is Corbin Burns won it, but he pitched 167 innings, mm-hmm. and Wheeler pitched 217. Yep. Um. I think there was a uh, there was a this was one of the closer ones. Uh, this looks like a Degrom win, where there was another guy with better accounting stats, mm-hmm. but this guy had the better underlying metrics. Because I'm pretty sure that Corbin's like uh, FIP was first in the league. What was it? One six something. Six three. So if you're looking at that. He was much more dominating than almost everybody else in the league. And I'd have to assume that Wheeler's was above three. So Dennis is going to pull that up for me because I'm, I'm, I'm making bold claims that I don't actually have any proof to, just opinion. But uh, <laughs> the, the reality is I look at it and I say he, he, was, he was in the Phillies park. He came in second in voting. Uh, 2.59. Okay, so, again, he was actually slightly better, but, again, he was almost a full run behind Corbin from, from that standpoint. Listen, I, I think they got it right. I think anybody who says that Wheeler got robbed, I could see your conversation. Well, they actually tied for first place votes. Yes. And then uh, Burns just had more second, third, et cetera. Yep. Um, and that's why those things matter. Yeah. Yep. And, and, like, that becomes the, the, the point of did he get robbed? Mm-hmm. Like, because if a guy decides to vote Corbin Burns as the third guy because he gave a vote to DeGrom instead, and then all of a sudden that was the a third-place vote for Cor- for for. Corbin Burns instead of a second place or something like that mm-hmm. because a, a, a guy decided that he liked somebody else like that decided this the whole thing right and it wasn't really like an apples to apples engagement but again it's part of the deal right this is what happens when we go to just regular voting and we have no real criteria and it's all subjective and there's not an objective measure of what success equals yep and it's the the great thing about sports, and it's the bad thing about it, mm-hmm. you know. Because I heard uh, again, Shaq was talking about uh, there was a clip of him saying that Jordan was the best player in the game because uh, how how he was six and zero in the finals. And I said, oh, great, Shaq, hundred percent, I agree with you. Um, 
so Shaq, you're you're worse than Big Shot Bob, right? And we talked about it last time. And have a have a guy have a eleven rings as a bench player mm-hmm. for multiple championship teams. So if winning is all that matters, he's better than all y'all. But that's not the case. And right. you would tell me, you'd immediately look at me, well, that's not the case. Cool. So you're admitting that now wins are subjective. They're not an objective measure either. As soon as you say that, you have to say, okay, where's our line? It can't be, you can't have the line be that Jordan was undefeated. He missed two years in the middle where they lost. He came back and he lost. He didn't even make it in his prime. So he, what? So it's okay for him to not even get there in his prime? Like it's okay to fall before then? Like lose before you get, it's always been dumb. Mm-hmm. So the the thing with baseball is I, I just, I want everybody to agree on what are we deciding. Yeah. And I th- unfortunately, I think that's going to still be, staying the same for a while because they have a lot a lot more hurdles to deal with in other areas. Oh, way, way more hurdles. Yeah. Bring the young guys up. Yep. Um, free agency. Let's get into Ooh, it. Ooh, baby. Had some signings last week or, or a little bit this week as well. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez went to Detroit. Uh, five years, $77 million. Uh, Berrios. You know what? Let's go to – I want to stay in Detroit for a second. Um I saw a lot of people talking, and I think we talked about this on the last episode, that Detroit was going to be involved in a lot of big-name talks. I think they're still definitely on the table for Correa, who we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, And I think they're not done yet with spending money like this. Because, honestly, Rodriguez is a really solid lefty at only $15 million a year. Plenty more for them to work with. Um, And there's a lot of free agents still out there that are solid arms. Um Blue Jays re-signing Barrios for seven years at eighteen million, a little over eighteen per year, one hundred thirty million total, hundred million, hundred thirty-one million total. Um, Way to save that one. Yeah, uh, I love that move so much. So uh, I, you, you, I was I with you when that happened. Yeah, or we like we ran into each other that day. But or, or I know I was sitting with somebody. I th- actually I was sitting with Josh. Um, so I was, I was sitting with Shap at a coffee shop talking. When uh, the Barrios deal came through, and I immediately was just absolutely shocked because he signed for less than twenty million dollars a year for a guy who just had a mid three ERA and was part of a, a a super team. They traded a whole bunch for him. I feel like he signed for nothing. Like Stroman's trying to get more than this, right? Yeah. Like Stroman, like Deets, you with me on this? Stroman's trying to get more than what Barrios just signed for. I have Correct. to. Th- I have to think that Stroman at least thinks he's as valuable, if not more valuable, than Syndergaard, who signed with the Angels for one year at twenty-one million. But that's my point. He signed for one year, like that's a mercenary contract. So if yeah. you're gonna sign five, six, seven years, it's gonna be less money. Sure. Like so, it looks like Barrios signed the long deal with less money to get more money overall. Right. Right. That has to do with the CBA. Want a little security? I think guys are. I think he he pulled that trigger and he wanted that. And especially, I think, the, 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 the Latin market where guys are like, hey, let me secure my money. Let me secure my bag because this goes a long way for me back home. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I live a different lifestyle. I, I have family. I came up poor. 
versus a guy like Strowman who's like, yeah, I got a clothing brand. I got all this stuff. I could sit back and do nothing. Like, pay mm-hmm. me my money. Yeah. Um, this reminds me – I feel like Strowman is going to remind me a lot of, like, when Dallas Keuchel was a free agent. Really free agency. Or, where, well, but also he was, he was never going to move off his number. He's like, I've been a great pitcher. Mm-hmm. I've killed the numbers. And everybody's like, yeah, but you're like 31, 32. And, like, we just don't all think that you're going to age well. And he's like, forget y'all. I'm going to age beautifully. Um, and what's Keuchel's like? What has Keuchel been since then? Um, and, and Dietz, I know, is pulling me up to 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 get me Dallas's numbers. Not great. I want to say he was like the fourth <clears throat> guy on the this White Sox rotation. But he won a Gold Glove. He did win a Gold Glove. But he had That's a five two eight ERA this year. Yeah, he had a five. A <laughs> he had a five two eight ERA this year. So in his last three years. If if you take if you take last year twenty twenty where he got to throw into the fact that they weren't really playing a lot, his last couple of years since he left Houston, he signed that one year deal with Atlanta, and he had a three seven five in nineteen starts, and that's fine, right? But when you look at his underlying numbers, his FIP was a four seven two. So immediately everybody was right by not giving him the bag. And then the White Sox came out. He gets a one nine nine in limited starts last year. This year, five two eight, and he he is he has not been who he thought he was. So I think that's what everybody's worry is. Is with Stroman is like it's it's a very similar situation. Yeah. You know what his his average uh, or his yearly pay is eighteen five. For Keuchel. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, like, it, it ends up being that if you think that these guys are Keuchel-level players, that that's the number. And just a little fun fact, and this is for Dennis. Oh, shit. Dallas Keuchel's father's name is Dennis. Wow. Wow. That's, that's cool, Are man. you yeah. his dad? Uh, no. That no. makes sense. But da- Dennis said he does like the name Dallas <clears throat> for children. There you go. Yeah. Just there a little, you go. little tidbit for you. Um, <laughs> I feel like too much personal information is coming out right now. <laughs> All, all his exes live in Texas. There you go. Um, so, so again, I, I was shocked by the Barrios deal, but again, yeah. it cements my my early, early, way in advance pick mm-hmm. uh, that the Blue Jays are winning the World Series next year, and, and they're coming all the way for the title because this is a stacked team. Like you got to mm-hmm. bring back Robbie. Like you got to figure something out. But if you do, so what do you pay? So if you're paying Barrios eighteen seventy a year, what do you? What's Robbie Gray worth then? You want the the real answer? Real answer. Or the other answer? Give me the answer that... The exact same deal. Exact same deal, really? Exact same deal. Okay. And Even I'll, after he just came off of Cy Young? Yep. Because I think that's automatically he's going to ask for more money. So, again, like, the, the challenge for him is, is, like, it becomes one of those moments where it's like, if you're the Blue Jays, you can't. Can't pay him? Or you can't, can't pay, pay him. A boatload. You can't pay him a boat a boatload, but you try to resign him because he just so so Barrios had a three five ERA, but his FIP was a three two eight, right? Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray had a two eight four ERA, and his FIP was a three six nine. I am spot on, and I'm standing by it. I would not pay Robbie Ray more than I just paid Barrios. They're the same pitcher. Okay. I, and I get the Cy Young thing, but like this goes back to R.A. Dickey. Do you get R.A. Dickey wins a Cy Young? Do you give R.A. Dickey the 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 bag that you give Jacob Degrom? 
No, totally Garrett different Cole, pitchers, though. But, but no, but they're not. Look at no, numerically, you, sure. I will tell you right now, if I told you that you had to have the five best years of Robbie Ray or the five best years of Dari Dickey, who are you choosing? Uh, Robbie Ray. No shot. 100%. There's no shot. You what, can even R. look R. at it now. like one or two nope. good years. False. Absolutely false. Well, how many year, good years has Robbie Ray had? I don't know, but he's he's younger than Dickie was when he came up. Nope. I have both their stats up. Whenever. Please hit go, me with your best shot. It. My phone is frozen. So who do you want first, Robbie Ray or Dickie? I Dickey? want Robbie Ray's ERAs the last five seasons. Okay, so last five seasons, you have. Uh, so we're going back to 2016. Yeah. ERA was 490, uh, 289, 393, 662. <laughs> Um and then two eighty four. So then, he's he's roughly a four ERA guy. Sure. R. A. Dickey. Uh, do you want it to be around when I want the Mets the Mets version of R. A. Dickey into when he signed he got traded to Toronto. So first year with the Mets two eighty four, and second year with the Mets three twenty eight. Mind you, he was thirty five when he joined the Mets too. Keep going. Uh, two seventy three. Last year with the Mets, and then his first two seasons in Toronto, he's a 421 and a 371 pitcher. So that's a three and a half ERA guy or better. I will. I thank you, R.A. Dickey. Five best years. R.A. Dickey was in the league just to give you an idea from 2001 roughly right. to 2017. So, so again, because your first ten so, years he was terrible. So again, this is the first time on this show where we've had that that. Gerson's too young to remember, sure. so he didn't remember. So he wasn't aware that R.A. Dickey was that effing guy. And the best season, the best season that Robbie Ray has ever had would not have been the best season that R.A. Dickey had. R.A. Dickey's first year with the Mets was a 2-8-4. First year. He then was a, a, a number one pitcher for five years. Stop. Robbie Ray has one good year under his belt. Oon, it was this year. It, this is following two mediocre-ass seasons. One bad year. Mm-hmm. One bad year and then some mediocre. Uh-uh. You're telling me right now, like, and, and what did R.A. Dickey make? Like, there's a reason why R.A. Dickey was traded for Cindergard and uh, Travis Darno, mm-hmm. who just got a ring, for, traded in that piece. Cindergard just signed for $21 million. Both of those guys were required to get R.A. Dickey. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, right. for me, Robbie Ray, great story. Okay, so then hear Hard me Hard for this. me to say that I'm going to give him that bag. Okay. I would say he is going to get more annually, but w- way shorter of a deal. I say he goes for three <laughs> to five at like 20. I think they're going to sit down at the meeting, and I, I, I think they're going to look at him, and they're going to say, you got, you got, we got two deals on the table for you, right? Mm-hmm. The deal you just talked about, we'll give you four years. We'll pay you whatever, $22 million a year. We'll risk it as well. Mm-hmm. Or we'll give you one le- less year at the same a- annual average as we just gave Barrios because you're older. Right? Yeah. And if I'm them, I hope he takes the four years more expensive deal. I hope he takes less money because I do not think he's going to age well. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> I have a great comp, and I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. One Cy Young with the Red Sox. Pitched for the Mets two years ago. Um, Throws really slow. 
Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he didn't age well either. Oh, my goodness. Dennis, you know who I'm talking about? I'm pulling up Cy Young winners right now. This is know. great podcasting. I know. I'm, I don't know why I'm completely <clears throat> blanking on his name. I know who you're talking about, and he had a couple of good years, and then all of a sudden he came to, like, they changed his mechanics. It was literally the year after soft, he was terrible. And he started doing all this different stuff, and he just wasn't the same player. Porcello? Rick Porcello, Rick, yes. Yeah, Porcello. And his stats were trash after. And it was it, it was it was very Mets of him to again. He was a guy. He was a guy who, from twenty to twenty six, his best season was a three four three ERA, mm-hmm. and he was a, a mid four to high four ERA guy. Then in twenty sixteen, my man popped off twenty two wins and a three one five ERA. In 33 starts, he pitched 223 innings. He struck out 189. Yep. And the following, they gave him the bag, mm-hmm. and then he was a 465, 4-2-8, 5-5-2, 5-6-4. Smell you later. He didn't even pitch in the league this past year. Yep. The well, season he, after he won Cy Young, too, he led the league in losses. I don't know if that yep, matters. But. It doesn't matter. He was a 4-6-5 guy, and he had a 4-6 FIP. Didn't they win the World Series that year? Yeah, he was. that's why everything kind of coalesced around mm-hmm. him making getting the bag. And, again, like this is this is the point that I'm, I'm making to you is, like, if I'm looking at Robbie Ray, like, I don't know how I look at him and I say, like, he should be looking at it not being super greedy because I don't yeah. think – I do not think that anybody on the market – is going to look at him and be like, you know what? A 30-plus-year-old pitcher who just had his best season ever, he's only on the way up, baby. He's only on the way up. No, the reality is go with what his FIP was and think that he got lucky in terms of what ERA mm-hmm. is. And if we think he was lucky with ERA and he was closer to a 3-7 ERA guy, after the last three seasons, he had a 6-5 FIP, a 4-2-9, and a 4-3. And the, when he was getting in the four FIPs, he was pitching in the National League. Mm-hmm. And he was able to come up and, and throw to another pitcher every so often. Right. So let's say, again, my guy is really a mid-four ERA, ERA guy. Mm-hmm. He's not as good as Berrios. He just had a great season. Yep. I can't. That's why I'm saying that that's a, that's a good comp <clears throat> in that he had average seasons beforehand, has one good season, then it's like, okay, we can we'll give you money. But I don't for think sure. I don't think, especially with the way the Blue Jays are trying to build for the future, I don't think they're going to sure. want to buy into something that's. And at, and at that point in time, I'd I'd rather let him walk and go on the free agent market, mm-hmm. and have somebody else overpay him and let another pitcher come to me. But like again, like to to me, that's why Berrios is a steal, mm-hmm. is a steal, because that dude is better than his numbers looked. I I watched him pitch. That dude is was in the easiest to hit in division in all of baseball. And he still was lights out. Yeah, that's the guy you pay. It didn't, mm-hmm. didn't matter where he was, big part, small part, some as big as red. Dude just chucked and, and won games. Um, and like he's been on the Twins, right? And they're they're always like a decent team. But now he's on the the Jays, where he's gonna have some serious pop behind him. And I and I think that definitely, as someone who pitched for a while, it that confidence is definitely helpful in just being able to throw more strikes and just feel like you have a more uh, ability to dominate. <clears throat> and I think that. I, I don't. I think the best is ahead for Barrios. And then this brings us to the most shocking and surprising signing, mm-hmm. which is Syndergaard. Yep. Syndergaard signs for twenty-one million dollars for a single season with the Angels. Well done, Angels. Well, well done, done, Angels. Well done. 
Proud of you. So a lot of people are like, you're absolutely nuts for doing it. Hasn't pitched in two years. Mm -hmm. Has been injury prone. You're giving him $21 million and you have no idea what you're getting. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you believe that the Noah Syndergaard that we saw at the end of the year who was healthy and was ready to go is the healthy version of Noah Syndergaard, you are underpaying for an elite player. Mm -hmm. The last time, the last time. So this this is the thing that we talk about, right? Going just 2019 and to back to when he started in the league 2015. Okay. I'm going off FIP. I'm not even going to give you ERA. 325, 229, 131-280, 3.6. And the 3.6 is the year where the body fell apart and he came back the next year and he wasn't the same. He was injured. Mm-hmm. He missed it. Right, so he got hurt at the end of that year. That was the end. That elbow was probably on its way out anyway. Um, and that 3-6 FIP actually equated to he had a 4-2-8 ERA that year. His career average ERA is a 3-3-2. So he is Berrios, but that's counting the fact that we have a Tommy John back, backed up years. Mm-hmm. He has a 9 ERA this year in very limited inning, but and then he's got a 4-4-something in the year that he got hurt. He he's he's Berrios, and if he's Berrios, and you're going out there, they that's a great signing, yep. and that's a that's a, a low to me a low risk signing because mm-hmm. how often does a guy coming off this injury at his skill level completely suck? Almost Not never. Often. I mean, you, the Velo was there when he came back, and I have to imagine he's gonna be ramping himself up during the off season. Yep. He hasn't even thrown off speeds yet. Like he was really only like. 70% coming up like in the last couple of games of the season. So the only thing I'm hearing and the only thing I agree with is that because it's been so long since he's pitched, he probably is going to be on a pitch count of 125 innings. So even if he's a dog, you're only going to probably get 125 to 140 innings out of him. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you're paying him roughly $30 million a year. And at $30 million, that's risky. Yep. Right? Yep. And now I, I'm with you on the risk. For the Mets, y'all are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Home, homegrown. You guys know where I'm at. With him walking away, I feel like they have to dive in on, see what the kids can do. I think it definitely presents a, <clears throat> a bigger question for them. Definitely. Because I would say, I mean, there are definitely some decent, less expensive free agent pitchers. Um but yeah, I I know we definitely have some prospects that could could fill roles. Obviously, Tyler McGill is a a name that we've been talking about a lot, um, and I hope for the Angels' sake that Syndergaard does stay healthy. I think even even so, I I've heard that they're they're not done bringing in arms, and I would like to see. Obviously, we want them to go on a playoff run, right? Yep. Um, I I hope that they kind of organize his innings to a degree that if there was going to be an opportunity for them to make it to the playoffs that he's available for it because Mm -hmm. he's been there. He's, he's been successful in that. And I think if he ran out of innings in mid September, that would be really unfortunate. And then we'd see the angels just get hammered in you know, one season in uh, one uh, postseason. But, and I think that's, we talked about it as well. The fact that it's a one year deal also presents for Syndergaard, Hey, play well, and we can give you more money. 
the next year. And, uh, and that's and why I think it's uh, that's why I think it's good for for all sides. Mm-hmm. Like they they have one more year before they have to give the bag to Shohei. Yep. Right. So you got to kind of find out how close are we. Mm-hmm. And if Syndergaard is great in 125 innings, he's already there. He already likes you. You give him the bag. You're gonna go into the luxury tax by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. You guys are gonna have a whopper of a roster. You're gonna be paying 250 million dollars to that team. You go all in to win, and to win a World Series, because if you got Trout, Rendon, uh, Walsh, uh, Shohei, you've got Syndergaard and, and Shohei pitching. That team should win a, a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. And and I really think just based on how we've seen all the other kind of like like really solid playoff teams be structured, you need three really solid starters. And then you got to have, a, let's say, three great bullpen arms. And I, I don't mm. really think there's any holes in their lineup. So the fact that they're already making this step of, cool, we need to get in on pitching, just start going. Well, just so, start buying up. So the Angels drafted 20 pitchers last year. Yes, I know. Which fantastic. So they did what they needed to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the question the, then becomes is how fast will any of them come up? Right. And, and again, I think that it's a tale of two teams. The, the Mets know what they have. Mm-hmm. They have to make a choice. Because, like, this brings back the other the, the equation that we talked about. This takes a trade of DeGrom off the table. Because mm. you can't – you need him. Yep. He's got to anchor the staff now. If you have a year of Syndergaard, you could maybe say, hey, we could finagle, we could do this, we could do that, we have our guy – Next year's pitching staff is right now DeGrom, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, mm-hmm. McGill, and what? No clue. Peterson, <clears throat> Rich Hill, maybe we resign. So that's the answer for me. Peterson? Is that everybody has forgotten about David Peterson. And the dude was another guy who had a, a, a janky elbow that lost some of what made him good. Now, I don't think that David Peterson is an elite pitcher, Mm-mm. right? It's not my point. But David Peterson is a guy that you could stick in the fifth spot as a lefty, and he's going to get you a 4-5 ERA bulldog you, and he's going to occasionally win some games. Mm-hmm. You need those players in a regular season. So that guy has to be in the rotation for what's going on. My, my next question is, um, Joey Lucchese, he's gone, right? He's got he got Tommy. Yeah, right. So yeah. the Mets had so many TJ injuries last year mm-hmm. that those are the things that I just don't know how they equate. I would say that the Mets are going to take some more Taiwan Walker type deals because Carrasco is making twenty million next year, right? Yeah, something like that. We have to expect that Carrasco is going to be better than this year. Because he was an abomination this year. Yep, and he's uh, hurt for and the, hurt, the majority the, of the season. The hurt really set him back, and then it, you come in and the season was pretty much over, and Degrom's hurt, and you know the the air was out of their sails after LeBron. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron, <laughs> same thing, same thing. After Degrom got hurt, yeah. Um, I I just again I think the more we're we're looking at this, the only thing I think is going to happen at this point is there's one player trying to force their way to New York, and to the New York Mets. You're talking about Juan, or are you talking about uh-uh. Carlos? I'm talking about Carlos. It seems like Correa wants to go to the Mets. You think so? 
he's you, you he, think with the, so expand on on why you're saying that. Well, no, I'll let you expand. What do you take of what he did? Uh, I think it was a like. And so I find explain, it, explain to the fans. Explain okay, to so fans. Carlos Correa t- has been doing like, and and rightfully so. I think it's a <clears> smart <throat> move. He's on a lot of like Spanish media podcasts and different news outlets and stuff like that. Um, and on one of them, he said straight up. Derek Jeter did not deserve a single gold glove that he won. Facts. And obviously the Yankee fans were, I don't even know if angry is the word, furious. And I mean, it's like it, this was a religious institution that he attacked. Yes. Right? Yep. This was a verbal terrorist attack. Yep. And so obviously everyone's just, and we have a Yankee fan in our office that's like, Correa, please give him, give him all the money. Um, and then I thought it was interesting. Next day, the Yankees are back in on Corey Seager. <laughs> Amazing, right? Yeah. Um, and and Correa has an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things that I don't think – I don't know where Baez is going to end up. I, he, I heard his market. Everything I read is, is that everybody wants uh, Baez to mm-hmm. come, which makes that trade look even worse. Um, if you're going to tell me that the guy we, – we're going to let him walk and we're not going to pay him anything. Because <clears throat> then well, what's also... interesting too is like I heard a big big one was the Red Sox, but he'd go play second base at the Red Sox anyway. Yeah. So if I'm the Mets, I'd look at whatever deal they give him and offer the same offer thing. the same thing. And if they if 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 the Mets offer him the deal that the, his best deal they match his best deal, he'll be a Met. Yep. Right. Um, the question is, do do they want that? What's going on? But the thing that I find super super interesting is. It looks like all the, the 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 Latin players want to play with Francisco Lindor. Like he's got the pull, mm-hmm. and that's why when you look at a, a, a thing from Correa like this, it just looks like Correa is 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 here for, like, I, I want to come and I want to be a part of that group. I want to I want to be with Baez. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be with Lindor. I want to be part of that. And you got Juan Soto trying to get him, himself to Queens, like. The 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 things that look like they're aligning is all centered around getting Francisco Lindor, and my question starts to become: Is did the Mets know this? I have to think to some degree they did. Like I think we always knew that um, Lindor was you know well liked throughout the game. Obviously you know yeah there was a little bit of issues within the team itself this year, but throughout the game you could always tell that he was very friendly with everyone and he was you know Mr. Smile and kind of was really good for the game I think everybody recognized that um but you know there there are always like big name guys who you're like yo they know everyone they're involved with everyone and I think especially when you look back at the the Puerto Rican team from the the World Baseball Classic all the names we're listing were on that team and they were real good yep um and and if you assemble that squad who are already friendly together and know that they can have a really good team in all in one place i think they recognize that i have to assume they talk at least to some degree so this is starting to remind me to some degree of like the the celtics slash the miami heat let's build a super team type Let, the the banana boat guys like mm-hmm. when all the fry hey we're gonna team up together on a team and make a super team and we're gonna win a whole bunch of titles together mm-hmm MLB has never seen that, Mm-mm. right? That never has been a – Lindor forced bias to the Mets. Oh, yeah. The Mets were in on Chris Bryant. Like, that's who they were going for. Mm-hmm. And he was like, 
Baez, and then Baez was a Met. And everybody Baez, was Baez, like, Baez, same podcast, by the way. For a little fun fact. The, the one when Javi Baez said, yo, I would play second base if I was on the Mets. Same one that Correa was on. And then it was like three days later. It was like, oh, the Mets are suddenly on Javi Baez. Like, so like, success leaves clues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and and it's interesting where there's smoke, there's fire, all these different phrases that we have. Yeah. Um, it looks like, it looks like I could see this now happening. The only reason I could not see it happening is the Beatty situation. Because the 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 feel of him league wide now is like he's David Wright, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you do that with a guy who goes to third, even if he's a monster. Because I feel like the homegrown aspect with the Mets means a lot more. Yeah, and the Mets don't have a homegrown superstar right now. That's not Jacob Degrom. Yeah, the rest of them are kind of. Conforto's leaving. Nimmo's a really nice player, but not a great player. J.D. Davis didn't really come up. Yeah, we found him, but it's not that. Our catcher wasn't our guy. Pete Alonso is is a superstar. Pete Alonso, this is going to be the year Pete becomes a superstar, superstar. Yeah. So, like, well, so then that becomes the thing, and I think Carlos Correa's age has has a lot to do with it. He's 27. 27. So, we're getting the prime Carlos Correa, and he's got all the vet experience. He's are, been one World Series. You are one million percent. The reality is, though, to me, is that unless we'd be willing to to because because if Baez comes back too, mm-hmm. that means our infield is locked. That means that Beatty is officially a left fielder or a trade piece. And that to me becomes like I get you. I'm with you. You never know. If we're comparing, like, the option of Correa versus Bryant as, like, who would the Mets bring in to play third base? And then what would you do with all the other great pieces we have that could not make it up because of that? I don't – I don't. Uh, Dennis, you know how old Chris Bryant is? Uh, I want to say he's, like, 31 or 32, maybe even older. I he's think 31. he's 30. 31. I think this will be his age 31 season. But, like, if you call it that we got Carlos Correa for, let's say, eight years. Oh, man. That's – He'd be 35. He'd be 35. Oh! No. Oh. No, Chris Bryant's uh, just turning 30. Okay. Like, he's still 29. What do you oh. got? Hold up. Breaking I for- news? I forgot about this. Okay. No. No, not breaking news. I just forgot about this. Okay. Baez might not be a Met because of somebody on the Mets. That is coming back from a steroid suspension. Oh, oh, that's right. You know, that's so funny you said that because I saw a projected lineup and they had Cano as our DH. And I was like, I, that's just disgusting. Don't want it. Hate it. Get, get, don't love. Ugh. Full body ick. Yep. Maximum ick. But he's got two years, $24 million a year left on his deal. Oh, oh I hate that so much. <clears throat> so, like, and and... The positive guy in me says, in the shortened year, he batted like 970 OPS or something crazy. He was mm-hmm. 316 batting average, 896 OPS in the shortened season. The, right. the year before, he was bad, though. But he got popped for a steroid. Like, so did he take him that whole year? Right? Like, is that what got you to the show? Well, so then, like, that, and that's my thing. It's like, that's that slippery slope. Did he? But weren't they testing him during the regular season? So, I don't know. I 
here here's the one thing oh, looking at God, his stats so much is so uh 2019 his first season with the mets he was absolutely garbage prior yep. to that he was still robinson yep yep Cano. Yep, yep did he feel the downturn coming didn't want to have that pressure in a new york market no start taking it again no no you no. think he's been doing it the whole time no i think he took it because he had he was shitty and he he's robinson cano and he wanted to be a hall of famer mm-hmm. and in his head he's a hall of famer not anymore statistically i mean statistically that was, i agree no, statistically he, sure he's one of the best second basements in the history of the game Yes, that's and, fair. And, but and there was a very got... large, there was a very large stretch of time where I would say to every single Yankees fan, up, down, sideways, that Jeter is no longer and has not been the best player in New York. From the time Robinson Cano came up, I'm pretty sure he was a better player than Derek Jeter. Do you want me to read off some of his numbers in yeah. Uh, New York? Do yeah. Hold you, so tell me the when year. Jeter was there. So no, just tell me the year that you have going on. And then I'll tell you Derek Jeter's stats that year. So Jeter retired what year? Doesn't matter. Tell me the the first year that we'll he We'll start played. with 2005 because that's his first year. Excellent. Sure. 2005, Derek Jeter was 31 years old. Robinson Cano was 22, rookie of the year. He finished second that year. What was his OPS? OPS was 778. Batting average was 297. So that, go- that year goes to Jeter. Jeter's OPS in 2005 was 839. He had a 309 batting average. 2006, first uh, all-star. Um, Robinson Cano was a 342 batting average, 890 OPS. They were relatively equal. Cheater had a 900 OPS, 343 batting average. Wow. Uh, 2007, uh, 306 batting average, 841 OPS. Equal to Cheater, 322 batting average, 840 OPS. 2008, 271 batting average, 715 OPS. That was definitely a down year. They all sucked. Cheater had a 771 OPS. 2008 was a rough year for the kids. 2009, last World Series, yep. uh, 320 batting average, 871 OPS. Derek Jeter, 871 OPS. <laughs> Weren't he bat that year? 334. <laughs> uh, 2010, 319 batting average, 914 OPS. 710 for Jeter. This is on the, on the decline. 2011, 302 batting average for Cano, 882 OPS. 743. 2012, 313 batting average, 929 OPS. 316 batting average, 791 OPS. We're still going with Jeter's career? Uh-huh. Oh, geez, he played a while. <laughs> um. So, again, we, we, can all, we can all say that probably somewhere around 2006, 2007, Jeter and Cano were equals. I just want to also bring this up. Where but then, by the- 2010, Cano was the best player. So, Jeter wasn't the best player. As far back, the the last time he was really, like, even in the conversation of the best player was, like, 2005. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, he was still in his 20s. So, from 2010 to 2014, Robinson Cano was a top five MVP finalist every single year. Yeah. So, Cano's, a bo- again, Cano's got that borderline Hall of Fame feel to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, when he was with Seattle, he was he was a great hitter. Um, he had, again, probably one down year, and then he started popping home runs again. Mm. Um, so so I think that's one of the big things that, that's going to happen next year is that you're going to have old man Cano is going to need at-bats to, to get around that thing. And then the following year, I think he'll get bought out. But I okay. don't think they're going to buy out $48 million of it. No, I don't think because so. Because they're going to give him a shot to hit. Because he's playing right now in the Winter League. Yeah, and and – if we do have a DH, I think it helps a little bit. Yep. Because 
like we were talking about, like, is, is Dom Smith our DH? Well, if, if just for funsies, we say that <clears throat> no, we have the Cano from 2020 that mashed. Cool. I'll take that as our DH. Like, it, I, since we don't really have another option. I yeah. would tell you right now, I don't think that Dom Smith makes it to. I don't think Dom Smith makes it to the season with the Mets. Okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm honestly fine with that as long as we get something decent in return. I would say right now, if I'm the Mets, what's my biggest need? Do I need more, like, good players? Mm, I need yeah. great players. Yeah, that's really right? it. Yep. And do I need – We need good pitching and great players. So the reality is I would trade some of my good players for a good pitcher. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. So at this point in time – We're looking at a number five, but I'd rather move three and four back and get a number three guy. Now, the other thing to me is, if there is a DH, I could also see a world where Cano stops playing second base every day, and sometimes he's the the opposite hitting first baseman instead of uh, Dom. Interesting. Because he's got power. And his- um, so, Winter League stats right now, this is quite interesting for Cano. Okay, hit us. Uh, so, six games, he is 292 batting average. But his OPS, you want to take a wild guess as to what it is? Uh, 1426. 599. Oh, wow. Excellent. Singles. Damn. Singles hitter. So maybe not power anymore. Well, we'll see. That's six games. It's six games. It's six games. It's the the power of small numbers on that one. But Mm -hmm. the 292 batting average means more to me in terms of him barreling it up. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yeah, he's only hitting singles, but at least he's barreling things up. And he doesn't look like he can't get the bat around in the Winter League. Now, the Winter League is variable. Right, you get guys who are young throwing a hundred. You get guys who are like forty-three throwing eighty-six, and they're a local hero. Yeah. So it's it's difficult for me to say exactly what all those numbers equate to, but it's it's probably at least as good as the Arizona Fall League, if not better. Um, so there's that. the The thing for me with Robbie is I, I'd rather let him spell uh, Alonzo. Because Alonzo could then take rest days and be a DH. Mm-hmm. Cano is going to be a good glove at first. It allows you to move Dom Smith out of that position. It allows you to then go out and figure out your outfield somewhere. But at this point in time, with, Cano, with uh, Conforto leaving, I don't know if there's even a possibility for um, like McNeil to not be an outfielder. Like, McNeil's an outfielder if he's a Met. At this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, unless for some reason we don't bring back Javi. But even then, I don't know. Yeah. At that point in time, I don't – like, the the Mets are misconstructed, and they're right now lopsided in too many different categories. Mm -hmm. And this goes back. They have a lot of money in Francisco Lindor. They also have a lot of money in DeGrom and Cano and – Guys who just don't matter. Yeah. That money's shifting off the clock soon. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen with that roster? And that's why I've said to you guys, like, I think the Mets' idea is is they're moving away from the big, big spend this offseason unless they can get the exact guy they want. They can get the the real homie that they want. Right. And, it look. I mean, listen, we we had some news also this week that it looks like we're going to have a GM. Yep. A GM who has been with the Angels and was at least – um, active enough that he wanted to, you know, re-sign Trout and spend money. 
Well, you had an interesting, uh, interesting tidbit of information on our new GM. Yes, uh, he has his best friend is David Stearns, who was the Mets' previous number one option as a GM. Um, and his issue was that he had one year left as Milwaukee's guy, and they wouldn't let him interview for the job. Exactly. So, is this a move where they hire the guy he would want? And then next year, he has a guy he knows he can work with, and they can hire him as the president of baseball operations. Mm -hmm. With that being the case, I don't know if the Mets are going to swing big in free agency without having a baseball operations guy who wants to execute on his game plan in-house. Yeah. And that, again, goes back. I think the Mets know what they need to do, but I also – Dom Smith, how how long does Dom Smith have left before he's done with arbitration? And then on top of that, it's the same thing. I think there's a year or two left on McNeil, a year left on, uh, a year or two left on JD Davis. Like all these guys have team control, but they're not part of the Mets. Tom future. Smith has two years left of ARB, and he's 27. Yeah, he's not going to be a UFA till 30. That's so bad. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. Been in the league for forever. First round pick, like, huh? Yep, it's broken. Crazy. It's broken. Well, I mean, here's the thing, too. Last year, we got a new GM, right? It's very quickly dismissed, but he came in and pretty quickly, oh, we had Francisco Lindor, right? That had nothing to do with the GM. He had no choice. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. He comes in and ownership was like, yo, we need to get things happening. Maybe that's the case again. Obviously, Sandy's been having talks with a lot of big name people's agents and things so maybe it's like hey we've done the preliminary work come in here's what they're talking about make it happen i i could see them repurposing trades more than anything else okay i I just again i think that we talk about it there's three guys on the team who are playing out of position to some degree right and the best the best hitter of them overall danger is jd davis Mm -hmm. the the best I think Guy, overall, is probably McNeil in terms of versatility, batting average, enough power, things like that. Um, and then Dom Smith is the the biggest home run threat and biggest need. There's not a lot of great first basemen who can field the ball and hit 25-plus home runs. Right. Um, Brandon Belt just re-signed with the uh, Giants. He's a $19 million guy. Mm-hmm. Um I don't look at Brandon Belt and say he's he's too 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 dissimilar to a guy like Dom Smith. Yeah, uh, I think that there there's some similarities in I, them. I think the Giants really needed that too because obviously they have a ton of guys on their team that are free agents. Yep. Um, and with uh, Posey retiring, I think they were going to be like, oh shoot, like are we going to not have any kind of veteran presence? Yep. Um, and I think Belt is is definitely something they wanted to keep at, at first base. And if there's a potential for a DH next year, maybe that's a, a thing that he gets into as well to stay healthy and, and all that. Um, definitely curious how they kind of move forward from there with that, that happening. But, yes, I do semi-compare them. I, I think Belt's a little bit older. Um, but, yeah, in terms of lefty bat, first Belt's base. Belt's 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Belt's 33, but Belt didn't turn himself on until the last two years. He's a career 820 OPS guy. His last two years have been borderline 1,000 OPS seasons. Okay. Um, one season, I think, was over. One th- season was under. Uh, but the years preceding that, he was like a, a mid to high 700 OPS guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's Tom Smith. 
And that's kind of my point is Dom Smith needs to get out of the outfield just because I think it'll help his bat where he's not having to overthink his position as much. And that'll allow his bat to lift. Then also how much of it was just that they were bad last year. If Dom Smith is the best version of himself next year for the Mets, the Mets are nasty, Mm -hmm. right? Keep him in left field. Mets are nasty, right? But you got 400 on base percentage, Brandon Nimmo. You got a guy who could hit 30 home runs in Smith. Guy who can hit 50 home runs in uh, Pete Alonso, 230 home run guys in the middle of it, and then a young guy playing third base and a young guy playing center field who mm-hmm. both could hit 20 home runs. And then J.D. Davis playing DH if you keep him. So I don't know where they're going to go, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that they should sit it out. And if they're going to spend any money, I would spend it on pitching, and I would trade one or two of the three guys that we've discussed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your take on Verlander re-signing for $25 million for a single year? Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I think for him, whatever the market was for him probably <clears throat> just wasn't satisfying enough. I mean, he's old. Yeah, So, and I, and I think he has a family now. He, he was old when he came there. Yes, and he, listen – God bless him. He still is pitching amazing. Yep. And um, I think it's it's a comfortability thing of like, yeah. hey, I can get a, a great amount of money to not really have to move, or and he can still pretty much be the he, can, he doesn't have to be a number one guy. Yeah. They got Lance McCullers now, who's yeah. really come into his own and become the number one. Um, I think it's it's just like an easy way for him. I like, know they were talking about him going back to Detroit and things like all those moves just didn't seem right. Everyone thought he was coming to New York, which. No, it didn't seem likely. To the Mets? No, the Yankees. Oh, I could yeah. see it for the Yankees. I could see it, but... The Yankees but, just need pitching for one year. Yes, They but, don't want to load their long-term salary up and be in the threshold forever, but the Yankees, to me, are the prime team to go out and get a guy on a one-year deal. The yes. Yankees only offered him $10 million, though, which his qualifying offer was $18 million, So Yeah, it made no sense. So, I didn't... because really, That proves the Yankees have no cash. And know? I think it's also, too, is... Good luck getting Houston's in a little bit of like a, uh, I don't want to say rebuild, but they're going to lose Correa. They're losing somebody else, I believe, from their outfield. Like, they're just going to kind of be in a weird limbo spot next year, I think. I don't think they're going to be as competitive, and hopefully they are. That'd be great. When we talk about it, it also lines up with where do you actually think you are competitively in the landscape. Exactly. And that's but why the, I think he stayed there is because I don't think it's going to be quite a high-stress environment. The downside is the Braves. The Braves messed up a whole bunch of teams. Mm-hmm. Because there's a whole bunch of teams who are like, we could be the Braves. Yep. Why not us? And the reality is, like, dude, that's the outlier, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the yes. Braves, the Braves were hurt and mediocre at the trade deadline. They made some amazing moves. Yep. And that helped them get to and the And they're going to they get Acuna back, and they're yep. going to be a good team. But the magic doesn't necessarily exist that way. Mm-hmm. Phillies are out here looking to spend more money again. Yep. The Braves actually were, like, last minute in on Verlander, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Again, I think that anytime you can load up your team, when yep. they they probably heard that ten million dollars was being offered on the table, and he was out here like, like, sure, like we'll 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 throw some money at you mm-hmm. to go and be that. I'm surprised that at that point, when Syndergaard signed, that the Mets weren't willing to at least throw that same one year deal out on the table for a guy like Verlander. Yeah, I would I would have done a single year of that. Absolutely. Um, do you think do you think Degrom is ever the same again? I'm 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 worried to I'm be honest worried. with you. I'm very worried. I th- I think there was a lot of uh, 
a lot of different news coming out of the organization and him. He said his elbow was fine. Sandy said there was damage, and then there was, mm. all right, I'm going to sit, and then I can maybe come back, and then nothing. I'm concerned that they're going to not make any pitching moves, or if it is, it's going to be small, and then he's going to come back next year and be fine, be fine, and then we're going to have a Syndergaard situation, and it's going to be end of spring training, and something bad's going to happen. I'm not even going to put it out into the world because that would really upset me. But I, I'm worried that that might be the case. Yeah, I would hope. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would hope that they would that somebody would take a little bit of a shot on it and say, "Hey, you know, um, we got to do something about this guy's arm. We got to maybe, you know, bolster the rotation a little bit. Yeah, get yeah. get too many guys again. Like there's there's hold on. I just, I just looked it up. There's some mid level arms that the Mets could afford. And would definitely be a smart move. Like John Gray, uh, Zach Greinke. Like, I don't know. Somebody that's just, you know, been around uh, a little bit. Like Dennis would love Zach Greinke. Yeah, I'm yes. sure. Dennis would lose his mind to have Zach Greinke on the Mets. And he's not even a, a, a Mets fan, per mm-hmm. se. He just is a, is a weird guy in the MLB fan. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I the craziest thing about Grinky is Grinky's coming off that he just got paid thirty-two million dollars uh, to pitch last year. The sports tracks suggested value for him is nine million, like, which seems about right, honestly. Oh man, does it seem right? I'd pay him ten million dollars to be our number, call it three arm, two number two three. As I'm m- saying, is we- that all he's worth? What was he this year? Four one six ERA, eleven and six. Like, yeah, you're right. I'd pay him at least ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And I think they didn't. Uh, Kershaw didn't get a qualifying offer, right? Uh, no, no. I don't think he did. No. That I thought that was very interesting. I thought the Dodgers should at least just like he was pitching really well. <laughs> for whatever his age is like <laughs> you're 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 showing your age today man i know you're you're showing your age i couldn't remember if it was if he, i know he was like older than 30 he's like he is the oldest yeah he had a, a 3.55 era this year 33 but the, here's the here's the bigger issue okay he hasn't thrown 200 innings since 2015 what did he get to this year 121 innings the year before, 58, shortened season. Right. The year before that, 178. The year before that, 161, 175, 149. Well, that's that's the thing is I don't think you need him to be a 200-inning guy anymore. I'd be happy well, so with that, that, that's my point. Like, to 150. you, you got to figure out where you're going to be, like what's going to be the thing. If you're going to get interesting take on him. 26 starts on him, then you're looking at about 150, 170 innings. Texas guy sent him to the Rangers. That's interesting. They need that. For sure. Again, I think it all comes down to who who thinks they're shooting for contention, and we'll know based off of signings. But I always say you, you have to go into free agency with the idea of where is my team at in the in the in the process, mm-hmm. and how do I stack up against the other teams? Right. And right now, right this second, like teams that you have to be concerned about are going to be good. Mm-hmm. The Yankees will always win ninety plus games because they spend more money than everybody else. Yep. Right. The Blue Jays are the best team in baseball. Like they're a they're a, a, a they're a few a few guys away from having the mo- one of the more dominant teams I can remember. Mm-hmm. 
The Rays are going to be a good team. Super team type thing. The Rays are going to be a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start to assess, right, like the Angels just put in a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. The Angels could be real good. Is it worth going after big name guys who by the time your team can win based off of other people's timelines, they're not good anymore? Right? Mm-hmm. Or or is it more worth it to punt? That's why I look at the Mets situation and I go, Mets should punt. Punt one year to win the bat to win the war. Mm-hmm. Like too often it's like because I don't think the Mets will be bad next year, regardless of what they do. Yeah. Just the just their core of of hitters that they have. The the the, the core four. They that lineup's gonna be good. And if you put the young guys in, the young guys are good, the team will be great. Mm-hmm. Uh put your money into pitching. Young Reasonably affordable pitching, guys you can get after who have some upside left and available. I wouldn't sign a pitcher for more than three years who's over the age of thirty-one. Like that's that's where I'm thinking. It's like let's let's work in a three-year window if we're gonna not be great next year for whatever reason because we're in limbo with with some of our pieces on the team. Fine, but if you want to sign like a call it for fun, let's say Kevin Gosman, right? Had a great year. And you want to you want to make a move on him and bring him in for like decent money. Sign him for like five years with the intent that this his second season will be where you try to go more all in, and then go off of that. Um, because like listen, we, we know for a fact that Correa, Brian, all these guys are going to be expensive, and is it is it going to be worth it to handcuff yourself to these guys? So here's my here's my dark my dark horse candidate pitcher. Okay. My my super dark horse candidate pitcher who I would like to see the Mets give the Taiwan Walker deal to. Okay. Zach Davies. Okay. So Zach Davies had a very down year this year. Mm-hmm. He had a five seven eight ERA, thirty two in uh, game started though, but he only threw one hundred and forty eight innings, right? Mm-hmm. And he walked seventy five guys. It's the most so. Just to put it in perspective, in the previous six years, he had walked people 200 times total. In one season, he walked 75. Okay. So he got 35% of his walks in one year. Um, so the year, the seasons before that, the shortened year, 273 ERA. Mm-hmm. The year before that, 355. The year before that, 477. Before that, 3 3-9, 3-9-7, 3-7-1. He has a career, 4-1-4. And the only reason he's above 4 is because of the 5-7-8 season he just put up with the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cubbies were a team that was just trying to move the needle along. He signed for $8 million. $8.6 million with the Cubs last year. How much would he cost? And would you be willing to give him... At age 29, he's still 28. He'll, it'll be his age 29 season, though. His age 29 season, if you gave him three years and you gave him $24 million, I think that that's a steal. And now the, the challenge is, like, that's a better pitcher than David Peterson. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like there's so many mid-level free agents that I'd rather have over David Peterson. And, th- and I think it's a very safe move to get, like, the majority of them. Why do you hate David so much? I don't hate him. I really want him to do well, but he was – all kinds of inconsistent. I think his biggest inconsistently last year was that he his elbow was gone and he wasn't telling anybody. 
Okay. So I think he just didn't – he wasn't his self, and he was – because you'd see him. He'd have great start, bad start. You yeah. and me were texting we were, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah, yep. Great start, bad start. Great start, bad start. That was the arm. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's when you know, like, when you're that inconsistent but the same guy is there. And he, he was aggressive. He was attacking zones. When he had the stuff, he was spotting up moment. Like, he looked great. Mm. But then you'd just see him, and he'd throw, and he looked like he felt uncomfortable and that – the elbow had to have been hurting him, and he just wasn't talking about it. Because the year before, he's a three four four ERA. Even if we go by his FIP, both seasons he was a four five and a four seven eight. Mm-hmm. That five five four is more on his unluckiness with a bad elbow. I think that he's going to be a guy who's who who settles in as a as a low four ERA guy. Which is again, that's that's Zach Davies. So if I told you that you had the, a lefty and a righty at the end of your rotation, those two guys who would both be, call it, $8 million pitchers who are going to get you four ERAs. What's Taiwan Walker? Full. Right? Is Taiwan Walker? Second half, Taiwan, Taiwan Walker was an abomination. abomination. First half, Taiwan was, uh, was like a, what, two ERA? So here's here's uh, who I'm going to compare, like what you're talking about with, with Peterson and in who we got on the, at the trade deadline, Rich Hill. As much as Rich Hill is not like an overly dominating guy, you know what you're getting with him. No. Yes, you do. Just, 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 but no. But no, I don't, I'm not saying I want him, but I'm saying for the kind of guy that I want, I want to know what we're getting. Yeah. So you, he's a 386 ERA. He's not going to blow people away, but he's going to give you a quality star all the time. Give me, get me somebody who's going to give you a quality star Zach all the Davies. time. And, and that's fine if that's who the guy is, but that's what I want to see out of free agency. David Peterson. I, I don't, but David Peterson, you don't know what he is. But Rich Hill didn't give you that. Rich Hill only made it four or five innings every time he came up. That's fine. They would take him out every time. No, it's not fine because he gets a, he so, gets, but, so he gets to mix up. will give you one more inning than that. So but if that's you my get point. Six innings. But like if you gave him runs, one more inning, if you had given him one more inning, he's not a four ERA guy. Mm-hmm. He's a five ERA guy, right? And then my point is, he's worse than both Peterson and Davies. But they yes. they know at age forty one what he is, and that's that he's only a four inning guy. He's only a two time through the rotation guy, right? We can't do this where he gets to go more than two. Yeah. So on days where he lights it up, he can get five and something innings, and and everything's great. But on days where he he doesn't have his stuff, he goes three point two. And the Mets bullpen is getting sucked out. So that, that's all I'm saying. I, I agree with you. I, I don't I, want that. I need someone who can go five to six and keep it and at that, two to three runs. And that's for me. The 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 move for me is a guy like Davies because yes. he's only if he just signed for eight million coming off of a two seven ERA season. What's he going to sign coming off a five five <laughs> ERA season? Bless you, Deets. Bless you, Deets. Um, um, it, it can't be much five more. A year. And so so I'm here for. Come to the Mets and be our guy and get your innings, right? Mm-hmm. Because if the lineup's there, you're going to win some games and you're going to get yourself some luck into things. The other side of it is, why was Marcus Stroman so successful this year? We had good defense. We had good defense. Yeah. So Stroman's numbers look really, really nice because our defense is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And your shortstop's the best shortstop in the game defensively. So, like... If a guy like Davies and Peterson and those guys come and Baez decides to stay, you're up the middle. Defense is elite, 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 mm-hmm. right? Pete Alonso is not a schlub at first base. No. He can field. Mm-hmm. They want him to only hit, but the dude can field. <clears throat> That's where a guy like Zach Davies is underpriced, and we talked about this months ago. I, It's the market inefficiency. It's the Patriots going and making a run-first offense in the middle of pass-happy league, right? 
it's you zag when everybody else zigs. Mm-hmm. And everybody's out here trying to get the big, high, like, strikeout dudes, throw gas guys. Mm-hmm. So these guys who are just the Dylan G's of the world, these, these, these okay guys, they're making no money. Give me those guys because I've got sick defense. Yeah. I need a center fielder. That's why I want Khalil Lee. Put Khalil in center. Get those two up the middle. Mazel tov. We're going to win games. And our pitching staff's going to be good. And I, that's where I think like the Mets don't have to sell their souls to be a good team. It's what other teams are doing who are winning. They're not signing the elite guys for crazy money. Mm-hmm. They're developing and filling in. And I, I so far, everybody's just willy-nilly spending money. Or are completely out. Yeah. Has has free agency uh, surprised you in any way? <sighs> not yet. I think the people who have signed, well, that's not true. Syndergaard signing with the Angels surprised me. But the fact that only pitchers have signed so far has not surprised me. Um, and I think more so with the fact that the CBA is potentially going to be a real problem I think it also makes sense that they're taking safe deals. That's why JV didn't want to go to the Yankees versus stay at home in Houston. That's why Syndergaard, you know, he took a one-year deal. He, he was going to take a one-year deal anyway, and he's going to get more money to go there. So that's a, that's a safe bet. Uh, Barrios took well, instead of going somewhere else. He said, "I'm on a phenomenal team. I'm going to stay here for a while at a cheap price." Rodriguez got a great deal for what I think he was worth anyway. So yeah. it all made sense to me so far. Um, but I think it also, like you were saying, like it, it, the way this is already unfolding, it sets the market now. And I think that's, that's always, at least for MLB free agency, it's who's going to go first. Yep. And then what, how does that impact Everybody everybody works else? Off that. Like when it was Machado <laughs> and Harper, nobody wanted to sign because if one of them signed for 25 million less, it was going to screw the other person. So nobody wanted to do it. Um, but I, I think it's the way it's already unfolded. I'm super curious how it's going to go because we're looking at what December one is the the cutoff day for the CBA. Yep. And then we start getting into real problems. Yeah. Um. So we got what two weeks, three weeks. Yep. And if I I not just from what I've heard so far, and there's no real big news coming out. I don't I don't know if anything really crazy is going to happen. And at that point, how do we, where do they go from there? I don't know. But um, I'm very curious to see how that goes if we get to December 1 and none of the big names have signed yet. So Stroman is a 3-6 ERA guy. He's roughly Berrios. Mm -hmm. So if he's going to sign the Berrios deal somewhere, seven years, 115 to 120 million, where is he going? I don't think it's the Mets at that year's. I, I think if the Mets were going to do something with him, it'd be like a three to five type thing. I don't know. He wouldn't sign for three. That's what I'm saying. His la- This is his last deal. Right. Like, so he, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be happy and, and stay. It's going to be his style. Yeah. It's going to be his stuff. And I think he likes being at home in New York. I think and obviously he, he played well and he knows that he has a good defense behind him, which aids in if him. If the Mets offer five and 20 a year. They offer five one hundred million. When are they offering it to him? Or has it already been offered? 
because I think that that's going to play a, a role. They, the the offer that they have on the table right now is uh, is is let's call it like uh, five for eighteen, and he asks for five for twenty two. They settle on five for twenty. Would you be happy, sad, indifferent? You think they did a good job, bad job, what? I'd say I'd take it. I'd At this point in time, it. I think yeah. that to some degree. Because, um, like I was saying before, he is a guy you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot yeah. of ground balls. Exactly what and, you're going to get. And we have a defense now that can support him and help him be a great and he, player. And he is a good defensive. Oh, he he's, he's goal He should have been the goal glover. Absolutely. Because um, he made some absolutely ridiculous plays. Yes. That one play with Javi Baez where he covered <sighs> third base and Javi led him to the base and mm-hmm. he slid into it to get the guy out. Like, no other pitcher in all of baseball makes that play. Nope. Right, I don't care who you are. No other player makes that play. He's he's elite defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that we the the upside and downside is we see so much of Stro off the field, mm-hmm. and he just kind of always is needling everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's fine, be yourself, but like, it's it's why you're abrasive in general, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a bad thing. But it it I feel like has tainted all everybody's beliefs of him yeah at at that price him and barrios have been very similar i'd say barrios has the more elite arm mm-hmm. stroman where other guys who are th- are soft pitchers who don't throw hard and throw to contact where i say that they're going to regress tremendously because their velo won't last i feel like stroman will carry longer mm-hmm. because of how well he feels yes and I also think, too, the way his repertoire is structured, he's more of a field pitch guy. He doesn't work off his fastball. It's mainly his off-speed stuff. And yeah. then he sneaks the fastball in there. It's usually like a sinker or something like that, yep. and that's where he's getting those outs. Yep. Um, and I think that translates a little more when you are when you start coming back on your velo to 87 to 90 instead of 90 to 93. Well, Mets just found $18 million. Right. They actually just found $37 million. True. Yes, they found two, two players. Yes. Two players opted out. Yep. yep. Now Stroman was how much last year? Eighteen million dollars, right? Uh, yeah, he was arbitration. So real talk. You you had though that money come off if you just gave Stroman roughly the qualifying offer amount for five years. Do you think he takes it? Uh, There's he might. no better deal than that on he the market. Might. That's, right now. that's why I'm saying I think it's important that those. That the the long term deals were where they're at, because he's definitely going to say he's better than Rodriguez. And if we're saying he's quote unquote comparable to um, Barrios, if he if he even if we even said we're going to give him nineteen just to make him feel better, so that's like, the thing. He's three years older than Barrios, right? So like I would look at him and say I can't give you seven years like they gave Barrios because mm-hmm. that takes him to thirty four. Five years takes you to thirty five. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll give you. A little bit more per season. That's the twenty for five years. I think if the Mets did that, I'd be good with that. Because mm-hmm. at this point in time, he's a three ERA almost every year. He fills his position. He's pretty decent with his bat, and guys play hard for him when he when they're in the field. And that's all I'm really looking at is yep. does that happen, and how often does that happen? And with the Mets right now, they need the pitching, mm-hmm. and we know what we have in him. Taiwan Walker appreciates him. He has good relationship with Lindor. It appears got a good, rela- a super good relationship with um, 
Pete Alonzo and uh, Trevor May, yep. who are all back on the team next year. So, like, I, I think he fits that. That's the curiosity now. What does he want in his life? Because mm-hmm. I think at one point in time, he was going to go to L.A. And L.A. was like, we can give him $20 million for five years, or we can give Syndergaard for one. Let's go and let's let's just do the one because mm-hmm. we don't know what we're gonna do a year later. Yep. If if because if they bump, if they don't win next year. What are they gonna do? They're gonna have a lot of questions, right? You might gut it, right? Mm-hmm. Rendon will be in his early thirties. Uh, uh, you're gonna have to pay fifty million dollars to Otani. You, it's proven at this point that having Mike Trout doesn't matter. So like, trade him to somebody else who mm-hmm. he also won't matter for. But like. At least you'll get something for him, and that, and build your team around Otani and Walsh, and reset. So you trade two guys in Rendon and you and uh, and uh, Trout, and then you let Walsh take his spot. Show uh, I be the dude. Let Syndergaard walk into the sunset, go somewhere else after a great year where he only pitched 125 innings. Yeah, and I think too, like just just knowing Stroman's life a little bit, like he's got a house in Tampa, mm-hmm. he's from New York, like it. The, you know, obviously, Mets spring training is in Florida. Like, it all kind of makes sense for him to stay where he's at. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of if the price is right. If the price is right. Last Mets question. Where does Conforto go? Seattle. Seattle's the team, right? Yeah, I think so. I think Seattle's the team as well. I think the bat plays in the park. I think he's culturally there. He's an Oregon kid. So, like, he's from that region. There's a lot of reasons to bring him in. He is a, a, a young enough player, and he's had some high enough good seasons that I, I am going to say right now, sadly, he's going to have a uh, Daniel Murphy stretch over the next five years, where yeah. I think for the next three years, he's going to be a borderline all-star, mm-hmm. and we'll miss him. Yep. And then he'll drop off an effing cliff, and we'll be like, what happened to Michael Conforto? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he's gonna sign. I, I agree. I think the Mariners are the team, um, and I think the Mariners are gonna give him, you know, less than we expect. Okay. I, I don't think more than his qualifying. Less than his qualifying. Less than his qualifying, but for five years. Five years. Okay. Five or six years. Yeah, that's what I, I could see. I could. I could see. I could see Conforto getting six and sixteen. Yeah. Or five and eighteen. That seems to be the trend. Is like. Little, little safer on the uh, average annual, but get your yeah. your, your safety Just get your five money. years, seven years, yeah. same thing. Yeah. Okay. We'll see where it ends up. we got a couple weeks of some questions, and then there might be dead silence for two months. You so. know how it works. There's going to be a dope-ass signing today as soon as we get off. Yep. That is usually how it happens. Excellent. Just our luck. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe, uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. There might be some big news. We'll find out. Oh, shoot. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>